0: I don't drink a lot of soda, but hey, when I do, I am feeling so, so, so good. So, so, so good. So good. good. Evening.
1: evening, everybody. Here we are for episode 141 of Scuba and Rye. Yes, your sir. Gathering of entertainment and shenanigans.
0: Shenanigans of that kind. Oh, yes. Of that kind. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's uh, me, Scuba and Rye. And here we are for another wonderful night. We've got our... A, a update to the setup so we got better lighting you know some things here and there unfortunately you know my monitoring tv is now here so i gotta what i gotta do is i gotta look at the window to look at myself like, yes look at my reflections
0: the reflection it's it's this but i'm looking at you people but if Either you're listening on
1: you. to this on, on any of the podcast channels, then it doesn't matter who, where, I'm, yeah. where, my, where I'm looking. You're just listening to my voice.
0: You just want to hear my voice, no matter if it's Spotify, Apple, iHeart, any one of the three or more.
1: But, oh, you know. Yeah, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are there. And it was—I updated it recently. Oh, okay. It is no longer Scuba Studio. It actually does say Scuba and the Rye for the, yes, for the podcast. Yes, it does. So it should be easier to find.
0: I believe it is. It does show that on Spotify since I do listen to it on Spotify.
1: You listen via Spotify? That's yes, awesome. I
0: listen to everything via Spotify.
1: So, yeah, uh, we've had a couple of weeks where we didn't record, unfortunately, just uh, you know, life and all of those things happen. But we're back. We're here. We're doing it. So, like I said, it's one forty one. Recording this today on... Uh, March 1st. March 1st. Uh, it's, uh, we're doing a couple of episodes today just because to catch up. And now that we're predominantly an audio podcast and not so much a live stream podcast uh makes yeah we little, can do that
0: makes it a little bit easier
1: it does it does yes i like to change the format makes it a little bit easier it does it does so let's see what we got what we got what's up what's on the bench that kind of thing what okay. have you been working on rot uh
0: so for episode 141 you know what i would be doing people i always be doing that school so lots of reading lots about pocahontas and native americans and the untold stories that you know, we don't learn, but it is good. I like reading the stuff here, so it's at least intriguing for me. I had the Super
1: Bowl. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning. Oh, my God, that game. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I just jumped in there. It's like, yeah, go for it. It's like uh, the wife and daughter were watching the game, and it was like, they was like, you gonna know, watch it with us. And I'm like, I'm not really interested in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, I mean, you guys knock yourself out. I think I, the, I think I was in the middle of something. I can't remember what. Um, and it was just listening to that, and then you know coming in and listening to them yell at the TV yeah. for the way that the, the the way the team was, the Chiefs and the Eagles were going, and how it's like the Eagles were were there, and then they were behind, and then it's the yeah. back and forth, the back and forth. It was it, it was comical and enjoyable to watch. It was a great game,
0: even though it kind of ended on a sour note. Not who won or who lost, just you know. The refs did a thing it kind of soured a great game but overall the game was great so congrats to the chiefs congrats to Mahomes capturing number two nice wow. but other than that just some parties you know that's what i do you know when i have free time maybe if i have free time <laughs> <laughs> yes. but yeah that's that's it for for this uh what's up for me what's going downtown
1: with you mr scuba um... Well, it's uh it's it's projects, projects, projects around the house. Um the last uh we'll talk a little basically I uh, was uh had this uh so for this first for the for for this first one it's like had this uh this crafting table, podcasting table that we're using. Um I built new legs and I got those ready and installed and then was starting to work on some other uh small projects is a lot of it was small projects that's like these little things i've had where it's like i'm in at one point in the shop i had like six different projects going on you did have a lot in various stages because it was like like with the legs it was you know putting the material putting it together and then filling in holes because i had a particular i wanted to have a nice i wanted to have a smooth clean look as possible when it was painted Um, and then it was like, okay, how am I going to do this next part? So let me put some boards together so that I can cut them in the shapes for, uh, the backsplash Then it was, uh, a wiring, getting everything wired. Then it was like some other small projects. And, um, one of the things I did was for Valentine's day is like, uh, took a couple of small projects around that I've been sitting in the shop and I put them together as gifts for, uh, my wife and my daughter, uh, so they so they got some little little handcrafted gifts. I mean, it's 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 the thought that counts, you know. Yeah. And now it's like I've cleaned up a few projects, and now I'm ready to work on some more my next project. In the my next project is a, a bookcase, which I'll talk a little bit more later. But uh, the big thing has been getting this crafting area set up and put together so we can podcast on it again and I can start building on it again and all those things. But that's been a lot of what I've been doing, uh, working in the shop, which is great. I, I just, like, go out there, watch. I got a new new headset for the shop. That's um, good. Well, I had invested in Isotunes. And if you guys are not familiar with it, Isotunes is, a, is, a, is an earbud or headphone system that is actually OSHA approved. Okay. So for me being out working as a woodworker, you know, I got a lot of high decibels and sound. And you know, having some ear protection is a good thing to have. And it was it was rough because the ear protection I didn't like I have the Apple AirPod Air AirPod Pros, which are great, but you don't get any actual specifics on the noise canceling effectiveness. Okay. Isotunes actually tells you OSHA compliant for noise per, noise cancellation and hearing protection. And then, of course, it connects via Bluetooth to your devices and, and things like that. So I was like, huh. Well, I had initially got the little earbuds. They were great. The foam was a little rough uh, on the ears. But something happened to them, and they no longer work. Uh. <laughs> they would no longer take a charge. Oh, so sad. The charging dock was jacked. So I was like, ah. Uh. So for the last uh, couple couple of days when things are really loud, I've been using these earmuffs that we got from Richmond Raceway when we were, not Richmond, Langley Speedway. Langley Speedway. Uh, when we went up there to watch a friend of a friend uh, run running in a couple of races. So I was like, I have those that were helping, but I was like, all right, let me go invest in a new pair of isotunes. So I got a new set of isotunes. And the best part is, is I can actually connect them to my Amazon Fire TV in my shop. So now I can Bluetooth listen to music while, and, and the stuff while I'm working. Because it was really stru- stressful because I was watching the Forsaken game not too long ago. Great game, by the way. Definitely worth that's checking the out. That's the PS5 exclusive? I th- it, it might be, but uh, the, the premise of that story is you are a girl in modern New York. And you have these powers and abilities, and you're teleported to another dimension. Interesting. And you have you find out that your powers and abilities are useful there and can overthrow uh, an authoritarian regime and bring peace to the kingdom. But you have issues because you're a teenager who grew up in New York in the foster care system uh on the streets no family a lot of abandonment issues and a lot of yeah a lot of those things so it's the tragic hero kind of person but you have to save the world
0: yeah it it, it does sound like a lot of type of izakai china animes that they do but you know you know I'll it, check it out at It was some a point. good
1: story but what i was, was frustrating is i would when i would be running the sander and the vacuum for dust collection and have the earmuffs on and all of a sudden it's like s- whole sections of this this game this 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 story play through and it's like i totally missed it because i couldn't hear it and i really didn't like the fact that unless i was wearing the earmuffs in order to have the volume when i had the volume up high enough that i could remotely hear it through the earmuffs and the stuff you could be standing outside out the street and and could hear the tv it was up so loud it was like okay we need to address this so hence a new set of IsoTunes, and they got memory foam earmuffs which is great It's a little little i'm getting better at wearing them because i'm getting them broke in But they are just amazingly comfortable, and I can connect to both my Amazon Fire TV, and I can connect to my phone. So, and I popped for the extra boot for the the extra for the boom mic, so I could take calls and hold conversations while working in the shop. Haven't had to yet, but you know I'm available to take calls during the on Saturday when my crew is working. So it's like okay,
0: hey, that
1: works. No, but yeah, it's like you know going. A lot of time in the shop, getting the shop uh, ironed out. It was a combination of infrastructure projects, and I'll talk about those in the next, in the next one.
0: Yeah, um, but, you know, working on them projects helps helps ease the mind.
1: It does, and it, it's that sense of accomplishment, and it's the fact that I like working with my hands and these different projects. Got of deal, so. But, yeah. Um, so what we got on the docket tonight, we yeah. got a couple of movie reviews we're going to talk about uh ryan's got a tv recommendation for us and then uh we're gonna talk about some video game stuff
0: yep so some uh news pieces inspired by some video games other things
1: and then we're we're gonna spend some time talking about hogwarts legacy so yeah we got some stuff to talk about so let's without further ado let's get into further ado all righty All right, so first up we have the uh one of the films that's in the running for best picture as well as uh best actress and that is Kate Blanchett in Tar. Yes, sir. Um had a chance to watch this on Peacock as did I. It it's it's, it's an interesting film. It's, it's I could see why cuz I've Watching Kate Blanchett over the last ten years in the films she's done has been varied, and it's been enjoyable to watch her as an actor.
0: Yeah, she's starred in many, 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 many films like uh, uh, Blue Jasmine, The Aviator, and a couple other. Um, You have Don't Look Up and a few other ones I can't name right
1: now. Well, she's one of the. Well, she's one of that very special group of people that are. That are both elves. Yep. In um in Lord of the Rings and Galadriel. And Marvel and Marvel MCU villains. Hello. <laughs> so yeah, she she does uh, she
0: does uh, she knows how to escape into a role. She is a chameleon of some kind.
1: All right, so right, let's uh let's give the breakdown on
0: this. Okay, one. so just a quick breakdown. Tar stars uh, Kate Ballanchan as a famed and world-renowned composer, uh, Lydia Tar. And she seems to be on top of her game. So she's world renowned. She's accomplished many feats. She's published books and whatnot. But she's like at a crossroad in her career. And then throughout this movie, she uh, you start to see um, cracks happen in her facade and the things around her. So basically, what you watch here is you watch a woman that's on top of the world in one of the most prestige um, uh, prestige. Uh, Avenues of career being a composer of like Symphony, especially that she's a composer in Berlin But everything comes crashing down because of a little things that happen here and there So watching this film is a very slow methodical film So it's a very character driven dialogue driven conversational driven kind of film. So it is slow and This actually plays into the effect of the film because there's little things that happen at least in the first half of the film that you don't really pick up on until a certain point of the movie, when you realize that the facade of her, her of her ability, of the power and control she has over certain things and certain um, institutions and people, isn't, is pretty much a smokescreen to the ideological effect of society. And with that, you just watch this downfall of a person that's had such a great career and. What makes this film so great is Kate Blanche's acting and her driving factor of watching this downfall.
1: I gotta say one of the things I liked most about this was her wit. yes was her wit in in the dialogue but yeah this is one of those I would put this definitely in the same category as the Aviator and yeah. some of those ones that are biopic type films. Um, a beautiful mind is one that comes to my comes to my thought reflecting on this film later. Yeah. Um. And I, it took me a little while to get through it, uh, only because it was a little slow and I was, yep. I was slightly distracted. But the the dialogue was so strong, it pulled me from whatever I was working on, so that I could listen to the dialogue and listen to the story. But it's 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 a lot. I want to say a lot like a beautiful mind. Yeah. You you see this person who is so gifted, so talented, and you watch them. You watch them break. Yep. This, and then yeah. seeing how they come back from that break and the impact that break has on them, I personally I like *A Full Mind* a little bit more, um, just uh, because of the way that kind of cut the some of the humor at the end, post mental break is is really kind of sticks to sticks out to me. But with *Tar*, it's the you 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 see these subtle hints that everything is starting to fall apart. And when it when you it's, I gotta it's like there's there's a moment, you're watching this and um and at that moment you see the break, yeah, and then it's just a matter of okay the cracks are deepening they're forming, what's gonna what is going to be the tipping what is what what's the final tipping point. Yeah,
0: it's that uh, subtlety of methods, and that's driven by such a wonderful direction. It's all the methods, the schemes, and the attention to detail that builds through that subtlety. And what makes this movie like one that I really enjoyed is that it does a method of directing that makes you feel that you're not dumb, and that's the show-not-tell motif. Like every little bit, they don't explain things. It just happens. And then like, like, like Scuba said, when that moment happens and it will happen for you at, at different points, but when it happens, you're going to start to, you're going to literally, if you did like me, sit up on your couch, turn the volume up and pay even more close attention. Cause you really don't know what's going to happen. And that's what makes it so good because of all the things without spoiling that happen. There's not a definitive yes or no. It's all a matter of the unraveling effect and her downfall.
1: Yeah. Overall, what would you I I I'm good with this being a solid 4 out of 5. I uh, uh
0: I give this a 3.5 out of 5. It's a great film, but it does take time to get to it. And overall, but overall, it's Kate Blanchett. This is another kind of movie where it is the the actor that is supreme, and she's supreme yes. in this
1: role. Yes. Very much so. All right. So, and like we said, this is in the running for uh best actress. She's in the running for best actress. Um, and she, this, I believe if I remember right, I believe this is also one of the films that's in contention for film of the year. Yeah. Best picture. It's one of the films, okay. not one of the favorites, but still,
0: you know, getting a nomination is, is still great.
1: Oh yeah. Cause they'll add that Academy, yeah. not yeah. uh, Academy Award nominated yeah, Academy you, Award recipient yeah. or Academy Award winner. Yeah. And still Academy Award nominated. That's, uh, that's
0: you're one of the 10 out of what? 600 films that get released in a year. So it's still worth it
1: yeah two-thirds of them belong to disney but yep (laughs) yep speaking of disney let's talk about ant-man quantum mania yes the latest film in the mcu juggernaut that has dominated films for the last 10 years
0: yes it is uh we mentioned off air was like number 30
1: is this number 30 or 30 plus i think we're at 30 plus right now okay um but I'm gonna look that up while you talk the reason why that's so why I'm pointing that out is uh another another conversation piece is uh Ian, the uh James Bond franchise yep. right another huge franchise spanning 50 years right um and but there are only 26 films in the Bond franchise yeah so the MCU is In terms of, if you were to look at the MCU... 31st. As a franchise, it's the largest franchise. It's just broken up into sub-franchises. Yes, sir. Or the whole superhero genre, or comic book genre of in that genre, people. It's a genre. (laughs) Anyways, now, Quantum Mania is the latest one in that. And, you know, there's a lot of buzz right now that it is the top, top five, top of the top five worst second week performances for an MCU film. It dropped 72%. It's, it's in the contention for the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score by critics of any of the MCU films. I mean, I think it's just barely hanging out above Eternals. Yeah, just barely. But, This is one of those it's like it's closing the Ant-Man trilogy, which I do like the fact that the MCU tries to keep everything in trilogies with with a few exceptions or Okay, maybe one exception. But still, (laughs) it's it's it's, you know, these trilogy films and this one not only closes up the Ant-Man story, but also sets up phase five and six. Yeah. Because we get um, Kang um, We get Kang I was trying to think of the actor's name Masters. Uh, jo, uh, It is uh, Jonathan Majors Jonathan Majors uh, You know what I am really liking this dude I mean he's got a lot of films coming out I believe uh, this weekend March 4th is Creed 3 Where he plays the antagonist yep. To uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan's protagonist Which should be a lot of fun um, but, you know, we saw him as, if you watched the Disney Plus show Loki, you saw him as he who remains. And he had such presence in that in that little bit he was there. And he gave you such an ominous warning. He did. He's like, he's and, not the worst one. And now we come into Mania, and now we see a full-on Kang the Conqueror. And... I'd say he's definitely one of my top five favorite moments in that film is just his presence and his, his, his portrayal of this, this character who's, you know, he's, he's deluded in some regards, but he's also, you know, a tragic character because he, he has some, because the weight of his, the weight of what he knows and Granted, I'm not, there's no excuse for him justifying what he's, what he's done, but the, the, you hear him make his argument and you can't, but, and can't help but feel for him. And I think that's what makes him probably one of the best MCU villains we've seen so far, right in there with Killmonger in terms of this is someone who impacts the heroes and is someone you actually want to root for in the end.
0: Yep, in a way, yeah. He does a, um, as Kang the Conqueror, which he comes in about halfway through the film. Um, but, you know, leading up onto that, we have Ant Man, you know, Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, and Boat Van Dyne, played by Evangelina Lilly. And basically, it's a general setup for um, they start messing with the, with their rest of the family, with the quantum realm, and there's a signal that's, that's reaching out to them, and they get pulled into the realm. So, when they get pulled in the realm, you feel the presence of Kang, but you don't really know who, what, or why, because they are uh, legitimately trying to hide the fact, even if the writing in how they're hiding the fact is kind of cliche. But, um, leading up until Kang, the movie is a a mixed bag of faults, And just in my opinion. like Mm -hmm. It's a very good sci-fi adventure, and it's got a lot of quirks that make you feel the vastness of the world, but... There's a detachment that is that is felt because it feels like, you know, this is an Ant-Man movie and you're following Ant-Man, but it feels like it's something else. So there's a lot of contradictions from the sci-fi elements to the Ant-Man aspect.
1: You know, I can um, see that it kind of yeah. felt like it was like we're trying to do the goofiness of Ragnarok, but we're also with the slapstick of the quantum realm.
0: Yeah, it's, it does. It, it's trying to juggle too many thematic things. It doesn't take away from the fun because there's a lot of fun, quirky moments with it being in the quantum realm. And the, the Scott Lang relationship with her daughter, with his daughter, um, Cassie Lang, is, I think, one of the other bright spots in this film.
1: Um, yeah, so. Um, and that was always a big element of the Ant-Man yeah. film is family. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things I like most about this is it has a lot of callbacks to the f- previous two Ant-Man films. So taken as a trilogy, not let's let's ignore the whole MCU part, but looking at it as a trilogy, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yeah. They they all fit together very well as telling that story. Yep. Yeah. I you know and it it all three of them have elements like the heist element it granted in the in quantum mania it's not as cool as the first one and arguably the second one
0: yeah it 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 brings in that element of the heist but it's more focused on the imagination of what this realm is and the presence of king because it's trying to layer a lot of different things and it and it does too much, but not to the point where it's not enjoyable because once it gets into the third act and it gets into that pivotal moment, you know you're going to have the ultimate confrontation and a lot of different stuff. But it's that imagination that actually makes it a little bit fun, even with a lot of the cliches. And especially when you get into the fight with King, you, oh, yeah, you that... feel his his presence.
1: I, I thought that was great. Uh, the The... The King Kong Skull Island reference was great too. So <laughs> wow. if you if you know, you know. But yeah, there's that, that definitely King Kong Skull Island moment was great. Um the 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 character that I was kind of mixed feelings about was Modoc.
0: Yeah, Modoc just um if I were to do a do a do a pass on editing this script. I would take him completely out of the film because he was really not necessary for what it is, and he's even for the plot device he was used for. You could have used anybody for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate it was clever that we did find out what happened to Darren Cross. That was the only plus. Like it actually pulls this like wrap up feel. So when I think of Modoc, and some of the other interpretations of Modoc I've seen. <sighs>
0: I don't know too much of the character, so I can't let that pull a nudge on me. But just the way they wrote him and tried to make a significance out of a plot device, it just made it feel like it was forced.
1: And I love that everybody was like, Darren,
0: Darren, Every single time. And but even with the plot device usage that he was, he did have some funny moments with some conversations.
1: He did. He did have some moments. He was definitely a very deluded and deranged individual. Yeah. But it was like I'm, yeah I, uh, he's questionable. Yeah. Um, I will say though, you know, the uh, the Council of Kang's uh, scene was phenomenal. Yep, yeah, that's a post-credit scene, people. That is phenomenal. I'm not gonna talk about the other one. The other one, you'll have to just wait. But I, I, I don't think you could talk about Kang the Conqueror and Jonathan Majors' performance. Without also looking at the fact that he did the Council of Kings, yeah, and we have those different versions of him, uh, the uh, the old uh, uh, Eternal version, Immortus Immortus King, uh, um, Sen- Ramakan uh, Scarlet Ramacan.
0: Centurion. I think that's one of them. You no, know, the
1: Ramakan is the Egyptian version, yeah. and then Immortus. Immortus is his older version. And just all the other Council of Kings in there. It's like this is this is gonna get interesting. Yep,
0: yeah, it's interesting. Um, but overall, uh Ant-Man, uh this movie in the third, I think it, it tries to do too much and it, it kind of takes it away from what the Ant Man movies were, but even so the sci-fi elements still had some enjoyable stuff. For me, it's a three out of five. What about you, Scoop?
1: Um I'm definitely definitely a three out of five for that one, um, because it it is kind of. I don't see it as being one of the. It, it is I could definitely see some franchise fatigue if you look at the MCU as a whole. Uh, you and I were talking about this with the Disney executives and and some of their pushing content out. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but you know ant man was never going to be one of those like flagship uh productions like Iron Man and and Captain yeah. America yeah and that's
0: why I don't think why people would expect this to be that kind of well, moneymaker critics
1: I think the critics biggest problem is the fact that they want every MCU film to be at the same scale as the is like the Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. And it's like those are totally different scales of film. Ant Man was a more a- Ant Man felt like a more grounded, smaller scale. Also, again, it's the notoriety of the of the actor. I mean, Paul Rudd's a great actor. Don't get me wrong; he's done a lot of supporting roles. He's great. He's really funny.
0: Yep, he's funny.
1: He's a great lead in here. But let's be real. Compared to the presence the personal personality presence of Robert Downey Jr. I mean yep. I mean it's I, I can't. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like they're both great actors. They're both I'd I, I would I would not say no to being to meeting either one and and just kind of hanging out. Yeah. So it's like this is you know you can't have every film be at the same thing. And I think, you know, you have to look at the long haul. I mean, right now, as long as Disney's making money on these films and there's stories to tell, because you and I both know, what following the film industry the way we have for the last few years, me, more, more now because we've been doing this podcast, but Hollywood does not have a lot of original ideas.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a mixed bag. Like, you can look at the list of all the best pictures for the Oscars, and most of them are original, but the ones that are making money aren't. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, original, uh, truly original stories do not, are not blockbusters.
0: Yep, I can uh, name, like, uh, like three off the top of my head that, you I'm know, sure. they're great, but, you know, they weren't moneymakers. I'm sure, I'm sure. All right,
1: let's, uh, let's head on back up to the things. Thing, things. Things. All right. Uh, you got some news stories for
0: us. News what you stories? Got? Uh, all right, so just, oh, let me... I clicked on a different link. <gasps> you, you you winged it for me. I was a uh, yeah. I, I was
1: trying to. I was trying to transition You're it. To... Oh, unless you wanted to give your review, or your your TV recommendation. Oh yeah, that's what I had up first. Yeah yeah.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> well, it's not going to be that long. But so we started introducing something in the new year. One of the new segments is show recommendations. Me and Scoob. Uh, we will give recommendations either me, Scoop, or both of us. And for one four, episode one forty-one, the recommendation I have is the new Sylvester Stallone series on Paramount Plus called Tulsa King.
1: That's the one where he's a mob person who was who went to prison, got out, and then was sent to Tulsa, Oklahoma. To Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and now he's running the mob there.
0: Yep. So basically, he gets out, and the mob says, "We don't need you here." go to Tulsa. They basically relegated him there because hopefully that he would fail. But being that he's known as the general, he knows how to do things. And he goes down there and establishes a unique criminal operations with a mixed bag of different characters. So this is a nine-episode series. It's been greenlit for a season two. Um, All episodes are available on Paramount+. If you like uh, uh, Taylor Sheridan, and if you're familiar with that name, he's done other series like Yellowstone. He's done movies like Hell or High Water, Mayor of Kingstown. Um, he does good crime drama. If you like good crime drama and something with Sylvester Stallone as a lead, it's his first ever TV show, people. So check it out. It's on Paramount+.
1: Plus. Yeah, that is interesting. So, But onward to onward. the news, news articles. All right, so here's some news pieces. So the first one we got is... Uh, The Switch Online uh, service, uh, if you're not familiar with it, allows you to play retro Switch games or retro Nintendo games on your Switch. Apparently, they just added uh, the libraries for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance.
0: Yep. So now that if you have the Switch Online Plus, which also gives you Sega Genesis and a few other things.
1: And and 64 and 64 Sega Genesis. That's the uh, $60 a year. Yep. So
0: if you do, you can also get uh, not only Game Boy, but Game Boy Advance games. So games like from the Game Boy Super Mario Land 2, uh, Gargoyle's Quest, and Kirby's Dream Land. And from uh, Game Boy Advance, some of the notables is Super Mario Advance 4, Legend of Zelda Minish Cup, and Mario Kart Super Circuit. Just to name a few. And you know they're going to add more. Oh so. yeah, they always do. So anybody that has the Switch Online Plus, go play your Game Boy games.
1: Do it. Do it All now. Alright, so, right, next up, uh, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big guy, but this just does not inspire.
0: Yeah. So, uh, recently, uh, you know, everybody loves, loves a Krispy Kreme donut. So recently, uh, Krispy Kreme, uh, uh, partnered up with Reese's for a duo latest donut celebration. So what they did, they are releasing three new donuts and the three donuts are Reese's salted sweet crunch donuts. Reese's salty, sweet, crispy donuts and Reese's outrageous donuts. Basically, it's a donut with the Reese's flavor and cream and all that good peanut buttery stuff on top of it. So, and, quote, the new donut collection is only available for a limited time at participating Krispy Kremes across the U.S.
1: I'm so, going to go with a hard pass on
0: this. Yep. Ain't no way. From our affiliate from KTLA5 out in Los Angeles. And the previous article from Kotaku. But we don't get hit with food.
1: Oh, no, no, though. No. And,
0: uh, you know, speaking of, you know, things lasting
1: for a limited time or for a length of time. I don't know how well of a transition that is. I was telling my team today because we were discussing this. Uh, it's like, you know, this is probably one of the worst Valentine's Day gifts anyone could get. Yes. Um, what is it, Scoob? What is the worst is gift? It is the fact that after 23 years. Yes. Microsoft has finally put the nail in the stab, coffin. Stab, stab, people. say disa- forcibly disabled Internet Explorer. You can't use
0: it anymore, and it was done on Valentine's Day.
1: Yes, it was an update via the Microsoft um, Edge browser. It completely disables Internet Explorer. You know, R- Rye has a history of being in the IT world. Yep. I'm currently in the IT world. Very familiar with IE Explorer um i've had conversations for months about internet explorer yes you have (laughs) yeah work related stuff and it's like you know and it was we were actually holding off uh supporting windows 11 because of internet explorer and making sure that everything works because you know people weren't believing me when i were listening weren't really listening i would i would argue that maybe they weren't listening when i said IE being disabled is going to be detrimental to our users because, you know, stuff's got to be fixed. Well, yep. they got most of it fixed. You know, and, and some workarounds. So it's like, all right, I can't uh, give credit where credit's due. They, you know, they have so much they got to work on and there's a prioritizing. But this coming out and the fact that it's hardline, Microsoft said, yeah, we're shutting this off. <laughs> and And there's no way to turn it back on forcefully. Like you can't either there, there is a way. We did look at a way. We have not. We are not using it in terms of our supporting uh, toolbox because uh, it's a little too cumbersome to to do. And yeah. as we were reading the, uh, went through and there was doing some digging. We were looking at the blog post uh, that Microsoft put out for IT professionals. And see, this is, I'm going to tell you, Nail and Coffin, this is, this is done. Um, Stabbed. Because. Done, people. This, this is the first of four updates over the next three months that will completely decimate Internet Explorer in Windows 10. Uh, if you're running uh, windows 10 and older and all that obviously windows 11 it was never supposed to work it was never supposed to be part of the operating system um and but the the set of updates we got our first one which was the ed browser update that forces all internet explorer and do like an internet into like kind of like an ie emulator built into edge uh which you actually have to click a button to fully activate otherwise all edge does is Oh, hey, website, let me open this in my in my new protocols. Uh, let me not worry about these protocols that are 10 years plus old. <laughs> um, but they're going to release another update in two updates in May where they're going to disable more functions. And then in June, they're actually going to release an update that will completely strip out the, uh, the um, icon from being accessible in the Windows operating system. Uh, the two in, in, in May are going to basically flag it for security violation if you ever tried to run it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the, the moral of the story is don't use IE Explorer because it just doesn't work
1: anymore. No. It doesn't. And you're not going to be able to make it work. All right.
0: And credit to the CBS affiliate of Fort Wayne for the article.
1: All righty. Let's get it. Now we've done that. Now we'll talk about state of game. State of game. Remember, state of game is when we talk about the games we were playing. And this is
0: yeah, a state of game and slash discussion as we've been playing a yeah. current popular game. I think current
1: recently maybe? released popular game. And that I, is we've been both we we have both been playing Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, this is the Harry Potter RPG or Wizarding World RPG we have been waiting years for. I have to say they do not disappoint.
0: Yes, the game, this was actually like I was me and Scooby we were talking off the air. I was like, every year there's always a game. I always have an idea of what games I'm going to play and what games I'm looking forward to. This year, Resident Evil 4, um, the new uh, Jedi Survivor game, and a couple other ones. But there's always one game that catches my eye that I'm not expecting. And once I start looking into it and playing it, I realize I should have just had it on my radar. And this is one of the, this is one of the games. Hogwarts Legacy is an action open-world RPG, and it allows you—you uh, you create a character and you start as a fifth year at Hogwarts. Uh, it takes a hundred years prior to the current events of Harry Potter, and you're basically you're going to class and doing stuff. But there's other things happening, and the main story involves a certain goblin uh, that is uh, supposedly getting hold of something treacherous. Don't want to spoil anything if you're playing through it, but. I've played pretty far into it. You played maybe an hour or two, Scuba. I am four plus hours in. Okay, four plus hours. I'm way more than four plus hours in. And I can tell you that this game has so much depth, levity, and realism to it. You can get lost just running around Hogwarts itself because
1: it's in a massive, massive Yeah, I think it's the first time I've actually seen the castle completely fleshed out, which is great for video games when they do that it's great every nook and cranny but it's like you can walk to hogsmeade whenever it's like there's no it's like you could definitely de- it's like you're supposed to be in school school's supposed to be in session yet kids are wandering around like it's cool so i'm guessing it's probably the first first year through fourth year that well can't say that there's a few npc characters you interact with that are definitely younger students a few of them but this game is phenomenal and you're right. The I mean, one of the things I love I love the most right now and I'm I like I'm like barely past the fourth. I'm like maybe on the fourth story quest, right? 4 hours in, I've been running around doing doing the collection side quests. Yeah. I know you love them collection level, quests. Almost to level 10. And it's like you walk through the castle, it's like all those great elements of the early Harry Potter films with the uh the 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 paintings that are motion and 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 moving, um, and then they take it a step further with the fact that you have the the suits of armor that all are animated, and it, it, it's not even when you look at them. In fact, it almost is like if you were to look at them, they stop moving. It's when you look at them through your periphery, or as the player, your character is not looking at them but looking away. You see the the armor. And then, of course, the whole uh, menagerie of ghosts that are wandering around the castle and just at random places they show up. Yeah,
0: and this is just the castle. And you think the world is big with just the castle? Once you get out into the world, it's a vast and open place that you can navigate. And especially once you level... Further enough, or you do the quest enough, and you can get your broom and you can navigate by broom. It opens up the world a lot more. the The depth to the game is surreal. Like you get to learn various different uh, spells and crafts. And the way you level with your crafts is that you do extra assignments for your teachers, and they teach you extra skills and whatnot. And yeah. what's great about learning the skills is that you can mix and match them depending on how you are fighting in combat or what kind of creatures you're fighting. Um, and then even past that there's a lot of like side elements out in the world that will help you either get better gear uh, level up certain achievements so that once you start to unlock certain things like you get the broom you get the room of requirement you get uh, different levels to how you want to do your talents which affects the way you do combat it's just it's just surreal so um, it's definitely having fun. It's keeping me attached to my um, controller a lot when I should be writing a paper. But, you know, hey, hey do your I, school work, dude, do your school. Work. I already turned in that paper. I'll talk about that later in the next podcast. But um, but overall, I am enjoying this game. I'm so glued to it. It's not it's difficult to the point where it, it's challenging, but not to the point where it's just being hard to be hard. And that's what I like about a game. Challenge you, make you think how you're going to do your combat. And speaking of combat, I don't know how far you're in the game, but once you get to a certain degree, you got to learn how to mix and match your skills depending on how you're fighting
1: certain things. So far, the only combat I've been in is my first duel for the dueling club okay, and the troll in Hogsmeade. Yeah, that's it. that it gets a little bit deeper once you get. Further oh, I'm out. sure it does. It's just uh, just to give you an idea yeah. for those listening to this. And <laughs> if you're playing or thinking about playing, I'm four hours in and that's as far as I've progressed in the story. I am 18 hours in so. and
0: <laughs> now. So,
1: yeah. To be fair, I got I was curious. I watched uh, again. I've mentioned their channel before gamers little playground on YouTube. Check them out. Uh, great! They had a they had an eight a five part series for this game, for their playthrough. So the nice thing about an RPG like this, and I know this from the wit from watching their Witcher and some of the others, like there are so many choices in this story that doing wh- whatever playthrough they're at, the odds of you replicating it are going to be minimal, I think, or the odds are really up there, but. Watching the story that got me hooked, and I was like, you know what? I will go ahead, drop the money, and buy this. and, yeah, it just,
0: and it's it's a it's a worthy purchase. It's great, and it ga- it's just phenomenal. Yep. Um, which which one of the
1: four houses did you get in? I was put into Ravenclaw. So was my wife. So was, so was
0: I. So yes, we got Ravenclaw. So I believe it's if you got into Hufflepuff, they do have an extra mission where you can actually go to the Prison of
1: Man. I think it's Hufflepuff. Yeah, but I like how you could end up choose your own house. Oh yeah. So replayability I definitely can see as being a thing. Yeah, the one thing I I
0: learned, I didn't read too far in, but like depending on which houses you get, you will get at once you get to a certain level, you get different kind of quests outside of the main one, of course.
1: Yeah, there's definitely house specific quests. So I could see replaying this just to make sure you have a character in each house.
0: And just add on to that, like we were saying, it's a hot settler. Hogwarts legacy sales quote, hit 12 million copies and 850 million in two weeks.
1: Good game. All righty. Uh, we got an odds and ends story for us, real
0: quick. Justin, an odds and ends to wrap it up. So we know we're, and it is March 1st, but you know, last month is Valen, February and Valentine's Day. And one of the odds and ends, as reported through Huffington Post, is that. Um, you know, different cultures celebrate Valentine's Day in different ways. We give gifts. There's gift cards. There's uh, there's uh, candies. You, you know, go out to eat. But over in India, um, what they decided the government in India ha- has asked for Valentine's Day is to go and hug a cow.
1: <laughs> well, remember, in the in the uh, in the in the religion, cows yep. are sacred.
0: Yeah, so... Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So they went ahead and, and decreed that, you know, people go ahead for Valentine's Day in India and Go ahead and hug a cow.
1: So, hug a cow. Hug a cow.
0: So go ahead and hug a cow or whoever and whatever you want to hug. And that's what we got for odds and ends.
1: Wow. And with that, uh, this brings episode 141 to a close. Thank you, everyone, for listening uh please leave us a review give us a rating uh if you're checking this out on youtube when it's eventually posted on youtube thank you for watching be sure to hit the like smash the like to subscribe leave a comment down there feed the algorithm and uh yeah we will uh set sail and head on and we will catch you on the next one so uh be safe bye everybody peace